0: Hey guys, Andrew P here from the 7 Figure Fitness Business Podcast. Today's episode 50, so it's an exciting milestone for us. Um, And I wanted to start off the episode by just you know, genuinely saying thank you so much for your support. If you're a listener of the show, um, whether it's someone who's been listening for a long time or since the beginning, or someone who's just been checking us out as of recently, um, thank you so much from Andrew, Iggy, Andrew G., Iggy, and myself. Um, We really do appreciate the support and fingers crossed you've taken a lot of value and it's really helped you in your own life and business. Um, To this point, we've had some really awesome guests on the show, and we've also had some really amazing discussion topics, and we have some really, really exciting things that we're planning for 2022 and also for our next 50 episodes. Uh, For today, to celebrate our first 50 episodes, we thought it'd be really cool to make a little bit of a mashup of some of our favorite pieces from some of our favorite episodes Putting them together so that you can get that kind of refresher and recap on on some of those things. Um, so thank you again for the support. I hope you enjoy this episode. And as always, you know if you do like the show and you haven't liked and subscribed or given us a review on your listening or watching platform, we'd really appreciate that. Thanks, guys, and enjoy the show.
1: Everyone,
0: Hey everyone, welcome to the first ever episode of seven figure fitness business with your hosts. I'm Andrew Poulton.
1: Andrew Gosen. This podcast is for you. If you're a personal trainer, if you own a gym and you're looking at going online, or if you currently got an online business that is, you know, not really established established, you know, you're looking at taking it to six, seven, eight figures for anyone who wants to be on the online space. And the reason why we're here talking to you guys is we want to help you. We've got this incredible story to share about how we've gone from zero to a business that's on its way to being eight figures. And, you know, we want to share this with you so you don't make the same mistakes that we have made along the way. You can get there faster. And for me, that comes down to, you know, one of the things that's really important to me is being a provider. And I want to, you know, help business owners. I'm so passionate about business and I want to help business owners you know, be able to help more people, to create impact and to support their families better. Basically,
0: what we've been able to achieve in the last three years is to have a business now that we created from nothing, which is doing multiple seven figures, but also we are business coaches and mentors for fitness business owners as well with another business called Systems by Design, where we're helping people like you, our listeners, who are either wanting to go online or you're already online but are struggling with different aspects like the marketing, the sales, or the fulfillment. So, a big part of why we're doing this is to help you get there faster and avoid all of our mistakes, as G said. We're going to be discussing for the audience what we have observed as being the four common traits of our very most successful Mastermind members. Now, to put it in context, These are the people that in six months basically get their business to high six figures or even seven figures based on their monthly run rates.
1: And these four different traits that we're going to talk about are things that they all have in abundance. And just in general, successful people all have similar characteristics.
0: Yeah. What I've found is that The vast majority of people, and I really mean that, the vast majority of people have access to all of these traits. It's just a matter of whether they actually choose to implement them into their lives and into their their work culture and ethic. The first one is something that we've discussed before, and it's something you've taught me how to do in the extreme, but it's fearlessness. So seeing as this is kind of like one of your really strong traits, why don't you break down why you think that this is so
1: important for people to be successful? Mm. I think yeah you mentioned it there AP and I don't want to talk myself up too much but it's definitely something that was built into me being a former professional poker player right I think in poker poker is a game of skill but in the short term it can be a game of luck and what you're doing in poker is you're always looking for an edge so if you've got a 51% chance of winning a hand you still got a 49% chance of losing right now if you make that play a million times at 51%, you become a very, very wealthy person. However, <laughs> if you play that once and you lose, yes. there's a lot of money that can disappear. And the way I think of fearlessness is being able to find those edges and put the money in, right? Now, I'm not talking about all your money, but you want to make continuous small investments that are correct. And sometimes in business you'll find things that are 95% favourable in your direction and you just keep on doing the same thing over and over. There doesn't necessarily have to be an element of gamble. Now, people's success is generally going to come down to a large portion of it is going to be their tolerance to risk, feeling comfortable knowing that there is a chance that they could lose, there's a chance that they could actually fail. And it's also learning what's going to be successful and what's going to fail and making those decisions over and over again because failing is a very, very good thing and being fearless and confident and enjoying failure is all part of the game.
0: Let's go into the next point now and this is something that, this one probably isn't going to blow anyone away but it's so incredibly important and people fail this on a regular basis and that's the ability to take consistent action and to actually do it with focus. In other words, to make sure that you ignore all of that 1% stuff that doesn't matter, get all the crap out of your brain that kind of clogs you up and focus on the step-by-step path, right? So your ability to act on the information that you're given is absolutely vital to your success.
1: Mm. I I think the two of these really, they overlap. And the reason is when you know your numbers, you're able to make logical decisions and you can make those decisions with certainty. And as I said in poker, if I know I'm a 51% favorite, I'm jumping in there. I'm, I'm having a bet. And in business, a lot of the time you find yourself in situations where there's a decision you perceive to be 95% favorable and you lose 5% of the time. It's just like certainty all in on that one. We're going to take what we can what we can get.
0: Yeah. Even, even when we dashboard though, I mean, the way that the, the business works is typically we talk about the, the term bottlenecks all the time, right? So what we're essentially doing here is we're looking, well, what's the goal? And at what stage of that process are things kind of clogging up? What are, where, where are they not working? And once we find out where those clogs are, where those bottlenecks are, that allows us to apply focus. Now, For a new mentee in our program or or even someone else in business who isn't in one of our programs, that may be creating a system that doesn't even exist. For people that are more advanced, it might be analyzing your system based on the numbers and saying, well, hang on a second. There's like the flow of leads or the flow of sales or conversions here. It doesn't add up. And then you're able to apply your focus and your action towards that specific thing. So that's what I mean by focus. It's knowing what to work on based on the analysis that you're doing as well that really makes a difference. Any successful person in business needs to consistently practice honest, open, and effective communication. And if we talk about what makes the difference between a good mentee and a bad mentee, good mentors and bad mentors, it's that factor. So let's say, for example, if Someone joins our program and they feel confused, overwhelmed. They have problems. Is that, no, is that abnormal? No. no. It would be very strange not to have problems, not to have questions, right? That's why you join a mastermind or that's why you get help. What happens is some people will just kind of, oh, hello, I need help. And they'll ask once. And then after they get advice, if they're not happy with it, they just kind of sink into the, they just sort of melt into their chair. The best members are the ones who ask us the most questions, who get the most consistent advice. And your success in any business venture, really in anything you do, is your ability to get clear communication and
1: advice from people that have already done what you're looking to do. Exactly. Exactly. Any coaching program that you do, you need feedback. There needs to be a feedback. If you just go at it on your own, you're just doing a course, you're not getting mentorship. And... If you something in your ads isn't working and you've gone through the whole course and you don't know why, having that external set of eyes going, this is the problem, change this, do that. But it is tough. Like if you don't come and ask for help and you don't request that advice, how is it that we're supposed to know? Like it's all good and well. Like we check in on all of our members regularly. Yeah. But we'll check in with someone and they still they may not even tell us there's a problem. Having charisma
0: and likability. Now most people, I think there's a scale of this, like 99 people out of 100 are absolutely fine when it comes to this, because if you remember our first videos when we started HyperBT and they looked like shit, we were in like dark rooms, the videos were crap. You know, we didn't have teleprompter apps, so we were like, uh, 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 like stuttering all the time, but people liked that stuff. And the reason was, is because we were honest, we were raw and we were vulnerable and we had a story that people could relate to. So you don't have to be perfect to have likability and charisma. You just have to be able to communicate at a basic level and and, and be passionate about something, right?
1: You, you have to be able to communicate like you do in real life. Like most of the people in our program have at one time trained people in person or coached people in person. Mm-hmm. And people have come to you and you've been a successful trainer in the past and there's a reason. You just have to be able to show that when you're on camera. And the thing about this is that's a learned response. Like even for myself, I view this as something that I've struggled with over the years that I haven't been the best. And now it's just become a mission, became a mission of mine, just become better and better and better. And like I do presentation coaching because I want someone, I want that third third external set of eyes with someone reviewing my videos and telling me how I can actually improve them.
0: Yeah. So like if one of our friends, for example, was to see some of those videos, they'd probably laugh because, you know, you always look stiff as a board, but When it comes down to it, your story was so strong and so solid that people were still obsessed with you and what you were telling them. And I I think like this loops again into fearlessness, but having the courage to put something out there and then work on improving it, that's really what it's all about. So it's just vulnerability, uh, uh, I guess I should say um, likability and charisma, the most important element there really, it's not being the best communicator in the world. Like you don't have to be like a T Robbins or something like that. You just have to have like a really great story and be honest and vulnerable about your situation and your passion. I know like one of the things that was huge when it came to Hypo was ultimately we had a very manual process for reviewing food diaries. And so what we quickly created to alleviate that was a food diary review system that was called the highlighting system. And it was really just based on some simple things where we, whether it was us doing it or our staff, you know, and of course, we wanted to transition to our staff doing it as quickly as possible so that, you know, I could focus on the sales and you could focus on the marketing, but really it just taught them how to run a system. So it made it easier to hire, easier to train, and then easier to deliver that advice from our coaches to our clients. That was a huge change, you know, and then we improved it even more recently with your Loom uh, review system where we can basically give a really good review of someone's food diary in like well I think it's about three minutes or, or f- four minutes that it averages per person. That's insane leverage, whereas it used to take bloody ages to do that, you know. And it didn't feel very personalised. We've been able to get improvements therein, results, you know, that feeling of connection between us and our members, but also just time. So you know, it's it's a huge system that had a great impact for us.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think these systems have to be. Of quality, right? There's all very well bringing in a system, but at the same time, it actually has to get equal results to giving up your time. And I think that was one of the issues when we first introduced. You know, originally, you know, the traditional way is you call up every single client, you speak to them for half an hour, you waste all of your time, right? But you know, I think the first thing we implemented was reviewing people's food diaries. But when we were reviewing them via text and we were messaging back our feedback, that wasn't quite good enough as us giving up our first, pers- you know, giving, you know, actually calling them on the phone. So what happens when that happened? What happens is people, they don't pay you. They put in complaints about the program because the perceived value is less. But as soon as we implemented something like the Loom videos, which just to explain, it's pretty much where we record a video of a screen screen share of us giving feedback of the food diary, just like we're next to them. They see a big, you know, the trainer's big smiling face, um, talking to them and, you know, motivating them. No longer do we actually need to call people anymore. We can just rely on the fact that we've got a system that is actually better because calling someone takes up a lot of time. You've got to schedule the call you know, both people have to show up, you know, things have to be on time. And by the well, said th- things said and done, if you schedule a 15-minute, even a 15-minute call with a client per week, it's even, you know, 15 minutes. to It's more like half an hour to 45 minutes.
2: Yeah, they turn it to therapy sessions if you mm-hmm. don't know what you're doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, hour You're just talking about the weather, right?
0: Yeah, what I loved about this is, you know, systems break and they're not bulletproof. But, you know, when you create a system like that, only, you know, a couple of, people sort of slip through. And then what that actually means, because you've actually got that well-leveraged system, you can actually give more attention to the people that are really struggling. They feel like they're sinking. You know, we use that in fitness. We use it in the mastermind as well. We have mastermind, you know, systems that allow us to help the members on a really high level. But if someone is struggling, we notice that we can really shift a huge amount of resources in the form of time and support to make sure that they get the help they need. I love that about systems because it helps you identify People that are doing well with the system and those who aren't, because there's a consistency. You can see, yeah. you can see results, and you you get to almost benchmark those results. And really, you know, people that are struggling, and some sometimes, sometimes you will struggle. Those people stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, Absolutely,
2: and like when you have like
0: proper systems
2: in place, it allows you to have to eliminate human error right? mm-hmm. as much as possible. You're never going to eliminate human error because systems break. Like even with us some of our systems like break all the time it's so annoying but even then when it does break we know where what to fix and oftentimes it's a quick fix is fine tuning is updating certain things and making sure certain procedures are up to date as the business grows and evolves whereas like when you have systems that are heavily dependent on manual work from the individual Then you're subject to somebody having a bad day. You're subject to somebody like forgetting to do stuff. You're subject to all these different things. So that's why when you have a a proper system in place that you eventually start to outsource and you start to grow your team, having those systems in place, allow you to be able to really minimize the amount of human error and then the number of variables you have to account for. Right now, instead of your coaches creating things from scratch, they're just coaching clients through your system. They're supporting clients through your system, they're supporting clients through your through this mechanism that you built versus them having to make it recreate the wheel and and you having to worry about them doing something wrong or forgetting to include something or things like that.
1: Uh, you know, if you don't have systems in place, as soon as you know you want to go away on a holiday or you're sick, everything breaks straight away. So it's so critical to have some form of leverage. Otherwise, your business literally halts, it comes to a you know, screeching stop.
3: This is going deep because we in ourselves, most people, most of us, f- even me, we feel that we're not good enough as we are. And nobody would want to buy my stuff as I am because I'm not good enough. It's a deep seated insecurity. I'm going to piss so many people off with saying this too. But it's like, but if I look at it and we actually call ourselves out, I, I can just imagine all the egos like just being wrung by me saying this. But, like I look back on like me, like a couple of years ago. Like I used to embellish my stats. I used to try and make myself look better because I thought, oh, well, I'm only making 10K a week. It's not good enough. It should be 15K a week or 12K or whatever it is and embellish myself and and make myself seem better. You know, I'm not good enough at 8% body fat. I've got to be 6%. And we have this internal thing where we tell ourselves that we're not good enough as we are. And when we don't accept ourselves as we are, if we aren't proud of ourselves as who we are and we don't love ourselves for who we are, then of course, we're going to go put out some inauthentic because we think. That's what's good enough. We have this ideal of what's good enough. We're so busy living in the future and not in the now and not in the current time that we have to embellish. It's not that we even have a choice. We have to. And so the real solution to this is first of all, here's the most hippie thing I've ever said online is just love yourself, right? (laughs) Give yourself some fucking love and know that you're actually good enough as you are. And that if you're authentic and you're actually someone who's good. You're someone who does work really hard at what you do. You you do genuinely love what you're doing. You're following your passion. You're doing these sorts of things and you're all about it. What you're putting out will be good enough, right? It certainly will be good enough and you are good enough to attract people. You've just got to learn to accept yourself for who you are and push that out. When you do that, then you'll have far more success than ever. Even if the version of who you are isn't as good as this make-believe version that you want to create.
0: Yeah. There's a large element from your style of actually creating such a powerful foundation in yourself, right? It's getting your mind. You got to get happy with who you are because otherwise your platform for building everything else becomes very shaky. Now, you mentioned the spirituality aspect, which you know I don't believe with you is necessarily like religion per se, but what do you do in that regard to really get your mind as strong as it is?
3: Definitely not re- religion, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not religion. But in terms of making your mind as strong as possible, here's the easiest ways to start doing that is, first of all, this is one of my favorite exercises. First of all, think of all the negative self-talk that you have to yourself, that we all have in, in our head. We always get it. We say, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you're too fat, you're too this, you're too that. Nobody would ever love you, nobody would ever care about you. You know, all that sort of stuff. It always happens. Even when you're in the gym and you're lifting heavy, that little voice kicks in. It's like, you're going to miss this. You're going to fail. Right? You're going to do that. We've all had that before. So, we can look at that voice. Then what I want you to do is I want you to go get a photo of yourself as a baby, right? And I want you to go and say all those same words to yourself as a baby. The really interesting thing is you can't. Can you imagine saying that shit to a beautiful, like just newborn, fresh child? Like you, Even any sort of child. Can you imagine saying that to a kid? Like that would just be so f-ed up. Here's the thing, you're still that person. Like that, that's you. Like, there's a f-ing photo of you right in front of you from when you're a kid. Like going through and like looking at that kid, and you look at that with nothing but love and like looking at it, is like, You're f-ing awesome. That's how we should be speaking to ourselves. And so if we can start speaking to ourselves as we would when we're a kid, and we just get rid of the rest of the b- just leave it alone, like push it to the side. That'll be the first thing that'll make you realize it'll actually feel all you know, warm and wholesome when you go and do this. You'll feel really, really nice when you do that. But doing that, first of all, you will feel good. You will stop giving yourself such a hard time. You will become less insecure. You will become much more secure within yourself, and much, much happier. And then when you start doing that, first of all, you'll stop judging others. You'll stop giving others such a hard time and having your uh, conceptions and, and judgments on, on onto them. And then from there. Your confidence will skyrocket because you actually like yourself for who you are. For all your flaws, here's here's a fun fact. No one's perfect.
0: How do you guys actually break down these sorts of issues and sort of start taking action? What's What's the mindset or what's the thought pattern when you go into a process like this? When you see something in the business that the result isn't what we want and you go all the way back to the source and start breaking that down into action steps?
1: What I always do is I break things down into numbers. So we know precisely what our no-show rate is. I think at our very worst week, it was 41%. But what broke down that 41%, right? So we know that um, on top of that, we had 20% of people who are bad fits. We know on top of that, there was 10% of people who cancelled their calls. and what we do is we effectively make all of these changes inside of the business and we see what impact that has on a week-to-week basis and you know if we're able to track that we kind of see that hey the no-shows went down to 35 percent. and this is what we do in our weekly monday morning team meeting we get out the numbers the team reviews it and then i say okay well we got down to 35 percent. i want to keep on you know, what we did last week seemingly worked. Let's double down a little bit further and keep working on the brand and, you know, building and building it. And it's what I like to call brand equity because brand isn't like you have brand or you don't. It's something that you're continuously building on throughout the duration of your program. So, you know, for us, one of the big things that we've done during this time is we've brought on a branding specialist, a full-time staff member whose sole job is just effectively to be creating content, sending out emails, writing posts, creating infographics, and making sure that our message is being communicated extremely, extremely clearly. So basically, it's a numbers game. If you understand the numbers of your business, you're able to make changes that impact it, see results, and repeat.
0: This has been a huge thing. I've noticed this change in, in the business since you started the dashboarding. So dashboard effectively is where you have a spreadsheet that kind of maps out every single layer. It talks about ad spend. You know, cost per lead, and you know, it's got cost per conversation, cost per booking, cost per show up, cost per sale. And because every single step of that, and the way that G or Iggy do that in, in their businesses, what it means is that at any one week, they can analyze, not just based on that particular week itself, but they can look at the past and they can make a decision based on that analysis. Well, we get an idea of sort of averages and what they usually should be. So we were able to, you know, diagnose that the, the no-show rate is going up. But if you get to a point where in any one week, you can see that something's actually started to change. It has made it easier to sort of start isolating the variables. And, and it's had a really positive impact. You know, that is something I know that is a part of the mastermind, right, is that you actually teach the members how they can diagnose and, and sort of break down problems through the numbers as well,
1: correct? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, those are my... Sessions that I do, my group sessions that I do with most of our members, it's the one-on-ones that we book in. Well, how do the numbers that you've got impact the business? Because a lot of the time people at the fact that they've got no shows and they'll go, Oh, the system isn't working, right? No, the system's identical for every single person who's in the program. The difference between people who have high no-show rates and low show rates is the branding. And that's where I think our process
2: is very similar, AG, as far as like diagnosing those problems. The most important thing is having one variable that you're manipulating at a time. And this is the biggest problem that a lot of clients run into. They're trying to fix so many, make so many changes at the same time. They have no idea what's actually working. Whereas if you know your numbers and you're like, okay, well, let me, even if you're just learning how to diagnose these issues and learning how to analyze these numbers for the first time. If you focus on just manipulating one variable, then you know if there was a change, right, the following week and you look at your numbers like, well, this was the only thing that I changed, right? All right, let me continue with this. The next week and see if there's a pattern, right? Did this have this kind of impact on the business? I changed this and then these were the numbers. All right, Mm -hmm. so let me just leave everything the same. Right. That variable that I changed last week, let's move it into this week and see if it if it has the same kind of positive impact. When you start focusing on really addressing one thing at a time, then you can start to see the, the cause and effect of the thing that you're manipulating. Right? Whereas a lot of people make an amateur mistake of trying to fix everything at the same time. And then even if it does work, you have no idea why it works or what caused it to work or what you, what you can do to replicate it. So when you run into a different kind of problem, you're trying to change everything as
4: well. And then you're like,
2: well, I can't figure out why this isn't working anymore.
4: There was like a place where I can have some unbiased reviews of people's experiences. That would be amazing. And so I literally just started the group FitPro Mentorship Review. And I set it up, I garnered a lot of attention right away, shared it with a couple of big names in the industry and they were really supportive and they spread it out. And the funny thing is, a bunch of people from that same cohort, from that same mentor, ended up coming in the group and leaving similar reviews about their experiences as I did. So it was really comforting to know that there's other people out there who are sharing the same experience that I had. And then I'm not this like one-off person who just happened to be massively overcharged and under-delivered upon signing up for the program. So the group was really just set up initially as uh, just a really safe space for people to talk about openly talk about their experiences with mentors courses, anything that could be sold to fit pros and I was still running my business at the time. So I kind of just let it do its thing. I was moderating a little bit. I would approve people every once in a while when they requested to join the group. And the group grew really steadily organically throughout the years as I was just continuing to run my fitness business.
1: It's crazy. Like I, myself, I used to be a member of that group before, obviously, we went into the business coaching sort of space. And the way that I learned about the group was another guy in a um, coaching program that I was in told me about it. And he said, look at the reviews that our mentor was getting, right? And it's just really like, I think there's a huge element of word of mouth of people learning about your group that way.
4: Yeah, exactly. And it always comes up because someone someone in some group will be like, hey, has anybody worked with this person? And then someone will be like, hey, join AJ Warden's group, Membership Review. That's the only place where you can get unbiased reviews. And so there, that happens a lot, which is great. And it's by design. It's what I want to have happen. I want people talking about people before they hire them. Like I can't believe so many people even now are just jumping into programs without a whole lot of social proof other than what's being given to them by the person that they're about to give their money to. Yeah, hard one, to
0: one. one of the points that is so important here to point out is the reason it is such a great independent review site is because you specifically do not allow any mentors in there. If you find someone in there, you kick them out and it's kind of like they're up to something shady. And and the way I see it is that there's two types of mentors. There's those that are absolutely terrified of your group and what's being said about them and with good reason. And then there's those that are really happy that it exists. And I think it's such an important thing to have an independent review of the industry. Otherwise, people can get away with having an amazing sales process, an amazing marketing process, but a terrible delivery on those promises.
4: And that's exactly kind of what you're seeing in the industry is excellent marketers, really great marketers pouring endless amounts of money into their marketing campaigns and taking people's really hard-earned money and then really, really dropping the ball on delivery. And are we allowed to swear? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just not really like giving a shit about the client and about their results and about the money that they were just paid. Like, I can't tell you the stories I, I hear. Like, I remember talking to this one new member of mine who reached out to me, who was in a similar program that we all know about. And he's like, Hey, look, I just got out of the army, first of all. So he was serving our country. And I just gave my last $10,000 in my Roth IRA to this program. And it was terrible. And I got on a 30 minute free call with him, like I do with all my members if they want. And he said, AJ, that 30 minutes was way more valuable than the $10,000 in 90 days I just spent with this other guy. And that to me is like the entire issue with the industry. It just should not be the case. I'm not a business coach. Like what I have to say should not be more valuable than what you're getting for $10,000 in 90 day program.
1: I think what happens with a lot of these guys is they start off with business coaching business and they might be helping one or two people, but then they start to systemize these people and they're chasing more and more money. And as soon as they want more money, what happens is the quality of the program diminishes because they don't have the systems and the support to actually keep on providing for those customers. It's one thing to have consulting and talk to someone one-on-one. If you're following someone's success that's really easy to do but actually to have a system a program that gets people results without specifically having one-on-one sessions all the time is going to be is, is massive right and that's what i see personally a lot of these guys is they just don't have the systems in place
4: yeah and, and that's the thing and you're right it always happens at scale whenever they're trying to scale that's when things start to kind of fall apart you know i'm very friendly with lots of mentors especially the one that I promote within the group because i personally vet them to make sure that i can put my name behind them but what's happening worse than just like not having the systems is that they like truly don't care about the client because even though they don't have the systems like for me if i built something too fast my customer service would be on point because i'd still want people to be happy and it's not their fault that my systems aren't in place the way they should be but The way that in the group, people are posting screenshots of conversations with these guys and the customer service is absolutely terrible. In my opinion, the customer service speaks to really figuring out why the mentor is really in the industry, right? If I drop the ball, my customer service is going to show you that I still care about you and that I'm here for the right reasons. But what we're seeing with a lot of these kind of sham mentors and people who are just in the space for the money is that once you pay them 10k, it's kind of like you're working for them. God forbid, you need a link that you can't find or a document that's sent to you or a cheat sheet that's sent to you. And the rudeness that happens in, in these conversations and just like the lack of responsibility is jaw dropping. And just like it shows an incredible disdain and, and lack of respect for the fitness industry and fitness coaches. Like we're all here to make an impact, but these guys are just really here to make money. And it's very obvious. They don't really try and hide it.
0: Right. Well, when you look at the average income of someone in the fitness industry, it's often not that high. And for these people charging programs that are high ticket in the coaching space, five figures at least, that can be that person's life savings, or it might be that they don't even have that. Like you said, you know, you have to get multiple credit cards to do it. So it isn't a decision that should be taken lightly without at least understanding that you have. I think the goal of any program should be that it helps you get a return on investment, but also it helps you avoid really like key mistakes and get to your goal faster and with a much greater level of certainty. Now, it's not to say that any program is gonna be able to provide 100% because there's two elements here. There's the program and and the mentors, and then there's also the participant of the program. So obviously the job of the mentor needs to be to do everything that they can in the delivery and the systemization and the support that's delivered so that that customer, that fit pro can, as long as they do their part, they're going to have a lot of success. Thanks guys for tuning in. I remember to like, and subscribe on YouTube or on the appropriate podcasting platforms. And we'll see you next time.